Skills are developed and training is something that you attend. Welcome back to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. I'm your host, Matt Smith, the founder of All or Nothing in Real Estate. This podcast is a movement to give back to this amazing industry that has given so much to me and my family. Um, today, we have a very special guest. Well, depends on who you ask. Some kind of <laughs> special guest. No, just kidding. Very special guest. She's been on the show before. Um, one of my good friends and a great leader for our organization, Lauren Pimentel. Lauren, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm always surprised whenever you guys invite me back. Yeah, we, we get desperate. And so uh, we just get stuck with you. <laughs> you couldn't get anyone to fill the slot. That's okay. okay. Just kidding. No, Lauren, you, you bring so much value that it's you and I have great discussions. And I think it's very valuable for the audience. So I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Happy to be here and happy to hopefully bring some gold to the table. Yeah, so today, um, I think why it's relevant that Lauren is here. So Lauren is our sales manager and also recruiter. And what we're going to talk about today as she silences her phone. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube, you should have seen her face. It was hilarious. Uh, but this is our first podcast. And just before we dive in, Lauren, um, tell everyone about your um, reintroduction to coffee. Ray, oh, my gosh. Yes, <laughs> that's a good point. Um. I did a 21 day fast with no coffee and other things. And uh, Monday, I got to have coffee again. And so I tiptoed into it on Monday. And yesterday, I went full send. I think that's the right thing to say. <laughs> Showed up to a meeting with not one, not two, but three caffeinated drinks from Starbucks and wondered why I did not go to bed until two o'clock this morning. So. so we were on a we we're on a leadership call. So we have a weekly call with John Cheplack and, and Lauren is, is on our leadership team. So she was on that call. And like we were doing a reflection after the call and everyone on the team called her out like she had big bug eyes. She just couldn't she couldn't blink like she was so caffeinated on coffee. She was talking so fast. It was crazy. Um, and so I just thought it was a really cool story to share with everyone of Lauren um, on coffee is worse than Lauren on tequila. <laughs> They're two on the same, I think. but. <laughs> Yes, uh, I definitely had the jitters um, and I loved every second of it. So I'm very happy to have my relationship with coffee back. That was so funny. You were um, you were talking like an auctioneer and nobody <laughs> understood what you were saying, but you were saying a lot. Good. But Good. anyway, all right, let's so let's use that energy to give the people some value today. So today um, we're going to really dive deep on sales meetings, on on team training, sales meetings, a little bit into cadence. I think that's not as valuable as the actual guts of how do you deliver a world-class sales meeting? How do you get the agents into action? What what kind of training do you have? Um, and how do we train in, like, what is the process to actually make sales meetings and make an impact and move the needle for the agent's business and for your organization as a whole? So Lauren, um, I know that we listened to some, some calls from uh, some some people that we highly respect on different things that they do. And we we had some takeaways from it, which is what kind of inspired this. Um, so I'll let you take it away. What was some of your takeaways from, from those observations of people that run sales meetings at a very high level? Uh, one of the key things um, that is was a great reminder to me was we don't need more trainings. We don't need more um meetings, we just need to make sure that we are inspecting the action that we expect. 
And so I think so many times, you know, we think that, oh, well, this isn't, here's a gap in our business. What training, what meeting can we have to fill that gap when it's missing the boat? That's not the real problem or the real issue. So what is the real problem or the real issue? It's the action around that process, um, the action required by the agents to move the needle forward and close in that gap. Whether it's a um, number of conversations, whether it's improving and filling the gap of uh, appointments met to number of agencies signed. Yeah, 100. no matter what the gap is, I think a lot of people, including us at times, default to, well, we need to do another training on that. Let's do a lunch and learn. Let's talk about that at our next sales meeting. And there are certainly elements where that is required. Um, but I think most of the time, most people overtrain their agents. I think we we have a default to fall into training because we don't have the action steps. We don't revisit the old trainings and we don't inspect what we expect and hold the agents accountable to the action that they know they should be doing based upon the training that they had. And so I think it's it's so important if like I've asked so many team leaders this and I get mixed reviews and I love this question. And I don't know if I, I've asked you this, Lauren, but we'll just do this live. If you had to pick one. Which is missing more in most real estate companies or real estate teams? Do they need more training or do they need more skills? They need more skills. <clears throat> so a lot of people get confused with that question because they think they're one and the same. But I think they're almost polar opposites. Because skill is developed and training is attended. I'm going to say that again. Skills are developed and training is something that you attend. And so how do you develop skills? You attend a training, you take action on that training, you watch your game film and you inspect what you expect. You have someone like Lauren hold you accountable to that action and learn lessons from that action. And over time, you revisit that training, you take more action, and then you develop a skill. And I think that we are in a skill and action based market. And so many people fall onto, we need more skill, we need more skill. And so that means we need more training. But I think that we, some, I know we do at our organization, we put our agents into training overwhelm at times, right? And it's just, it's just this chaotic, we're always doing a training. And we, my excuse for doing that was good intentions, right? It's like, I want to give value. I want to have the best training. But sometimes we don't need more training. We need more action. I made a post uh, yesterday is that if, and it's, I think it's so relevant, um, if you have a problem that action can solve, you don't have a problem. You have a decision. Go make it. And I think so many times we think that, how do we fix that problem? Well, it's another training. But our agents have been trained on how to work the CRM. Our agents have been trained on speed to lead. Our agents have been trained on our follow-up cadence. They've been trained on our, our, um, our scripts. They've been trained on our under contract process. They've been trained on our listing presentation. They've been trained on all of these things. Yeah. So I think one of the things we need to do better as leaders is we need to revisit the old trainings instead of thinking we always have to come up with something new. One of the light bulb moments I had um, in that in that meeting that we were part of about a bunch of, of team leaders talking about sales meetings is that we don't, too many people spend so much time trying to come up with something new. How do I come up with something new for the training? And I've fallen in that trap, right? Because the feedback I get is, well, it's the same stuff over and over. And 
It is because that's the stuff that works. And if you show up and you attend it from a different perspective and you learn a different nuance, a different subtlety, it's those little adjustments that make a big difference in your business. And I think sometimes we get away from the basics and we we let, and it's not intentional from the agents, like they they bring us a problem and we think the solution is we need to have a training around that specific problem. But in reality, if they would have stuck to the basics and they would have applied the training that we did in the first place, that wouldn't have been a problem. And so the real problem isn't the problem they had. The real problem is how did that become a problem by them not following the proven sales process of the stuff that we were supposed to do to begin with? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why, you know, whenever we um, bring on new agents, they are so hungry and so driven to just take action. Yep. That's exactly why we see new agents thrive every time they enter our team, because they are taking action. They already know, hey, I'm not going to be an expert in this, but they're at least, they have that foundation laid for them. They're out there taking action and they're learning on hands on, on the job and excelling. It's insane. The amount of appointments set, the amount of under contracts they get, the amount of signed agencies that we get with new agents um, compared to agents that have been with us for two or more years. Um, and so it's the biggest thing. And it's something that I've discovered over the past couple of years is action will always win. Yep. Taking action. Well, and those skills that those new agents are developing, especially in today's marketplace, comes from the action they're taking and their willingness to be coachable around those actions. Right. And I think so many times, like I, Lauren, you've heard me tell this story, but I think stories relate. Like I went through this as a salesperson prior to real estate. I was in credit card processing sales and I took off and I did very, very well at the beginning. And my process was I had a binder. This was back before iPads, right? That's how old I am. Um, and then we had a binder and I would go to the, the businesses and I would go page by page through the binder. And at the end, we had a value worksheet and they signed up, right? And I, I got a lot of traction that way. I, my average day, I would get three, I would close three deals. Then I went three weeks without closing a deal. And so I stopped and I started reflecting. I'm like, what did I do differently? And what I observed was I stopped, I left the binder in the, in the vehicle. I didn't bring it in because I knew it by heart by then. I'd done it over and over and over. And so what I had done is I thought, well, I can just present. Let me just talk to Lauren. I can have the same conversation with this business owner without the binder and get the same result. I didn't have a sale in three weeks. And the only thing that changed was I stopped doing the fundamentals of showing them the visual of the binder. And like, that's a great example and a great reminder for agents is that just because we do this every day doesn't mean the client does. And we have to slow down the process so we can speed up the result. And I think it's so important that we stick to the fundamentals, we stick to the basics, and we focus on mastery of those things. We don't want to be the jack of all trades. We want to be the master of the fundamentals. The fundamentals win. And so one of the things that I think was really eye-opening for me was stop thinking of something new, bring the basics in the same subject, but bring it from different angles. Focus on mastery. Yeah. How do we master our speed to lead? How do we master our follow-up process? How do we master how we show a property? How do we master our listing presentation? And if we become masters of those things, all these other problems and these other issues that come about aren't really that big of problems anymore. Right. Um, and, you know, this kind of... Um clicked the light bulb in me and I went on a listing appointment the other night. And I think that uh, to bring it full circle is agents 
will get in the headspace of, I don't need that. I've already done this a hundred times. Yeah. Like, I know exactly what to say, when to say it, how to say it. But there's a reason why processes are proven. And so we know that agents quit doing what works because it works for whatever reason. Um, but I went on a listing appointment the other night and he had interviewed five, six other agents. And um, in addition, sorry, I feel like I'm all over the place, but I just have multiple thoughts. It's, coming. it's, it's that coffee coming back. That's what it is. I know it's still in my system. Um, but we're also going through the Nick McLean training again, which I've already done in the past um, at least twice. But Nick McLean has so many good points. Uh, the session we did this past week was on the pre-listing and consult. And so while I'm presenting it, I'm putting into action what Nick taught us and um, I'm presenting to the seller. And one of the questions was, is there anything that um, other agents have mentioned that I did not mention or say that our team does? Say that and, again. Um, oh, why do you always do this to me? So <laughs> it, was, it was so good. I want you to repeat it so people catch it because everyone should say this at their listing presentation. Yes. Um, so what I asked the seller was, um, with him interviewing other agents, did any agents offer something that myself or our team, I didn't mention or that our, I didn't say our team does. And he had said, out of all of the agents that we've interviewed, you have by far been the most educational. No other agent has said or presented what you have said. None of them showed up with a pre-listing presentation. None of them asked for a grand tour of the property, um, which gives the sellers that warm, fuzzy feeling. They've been in that property 10, 15 years. Um, they love they love to hear that their home is beautiful and to hear what recommendations to come up with the most strategic pricing. There were so many key points that we have in our proven process that helps seal the deal. And so I could have gone in there because I can recite the our worry-free listing presentation without even looking at it. But I have that presentation because it's part of the process. And so it's just so crucial that one, you follow the proven process because it works. And two, go back and reflect whenever you lose out on appointments or whenever you, you have a phone call with a client and you're not able to set the appointment or um, as you're prospecting, go back to that game film, go back to the training that you had and reflect, what did I do really good? What could I have done better? What am I going to, how am I going to improve next time to ensure that I feel the deal? And it's, it's crucial. I, one of the things that they had mentioned on that call was um, stacking the training. So you have the training. What are the action items the next week follow up? Did you do the action items that you said you were going, going to do? Did you go to those listing consults and improve what you said you were going to improve? and reevaluate from there. 100%. Um, as you were talking about that, I wrote something down. I wrote down self-awareness. And I think why that why I wrote that down, how that impacts, so let's bring that back to a sales meeting, right? I think most people that are listening to this podcast are high performers are in it, are, or are in a on their journey to become one. Because they're, if you're listening to this, you want to grow, you want to be better, right? And I want to help you. And so one of the superpowers that I've observed of a lot of high performers is they're very, very self-aware. And when you're self-aware of the things that you do, what mistakes you made, what you did well, what you can do better next time, 
that is a secret ingredient for you becoming a better version of yourself. So oh. we're all in alignment and agreement that that is that those are facts. How can we as leaders facilitate that for our agents that maybe don't do that for themselves? Right? Like think about what has really helped propel us. And when I'm saying us, everyone listening to where you are currently in your business space and your success journey, wherever you are. And the things that really moved the needle a big amount were something that you already knew, you already learned, but you reflected on it. And there was an aha, there was a breakthrough moment that you had. They're like, oh, now I understand it at a whole new level. It wasn't this new thing that you learned. It wasn't this new lead source. It wasn't this new script. It was a variation and a reminder of something you already knew, but you heard it from a different angle, a different perspective, and you were reminded of it, and it gave you that breakthrough. We need to be the, the facilitators to do that for our agents. And we need to help bring them back into the basics and the fundamentals and help them have those aha moments and those breakthroughs. That's what a sales meeting should do. That's what a good leader should do for their agents. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we had one-on-ones this, um, we we do on our team, we have coaching sessions with our agents once a month, um, the other sales manager and myself. And this week was focused on, because we, we've identified gaps in our business and we focus on the game flow portion. So there are a lot of the action items from the coaching sessions were, have you gone back through your calls? And did you identify what you, where you went wrong? Because something that um, our agents are realizing is that people will say yes to an appointment just to get you off of the phone. And then they never see these people again. They're ghosting them and we're seeing them at high levels. And so how do we correct that? By going back to review the game film and see there, what is that next conversation you need to have with this lead to move them forward, to move the needle forward with them. And it's so, um, they're, you know, we talk about that coachable characteristic, that having the self-awareness characteristics, you have to be extremely aware because if you keep doing what you're doing, it's it's the definition of insanity. You're expecting a different result, but you're not taking the action to change what you need to change. If you keep you're doing changing. what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. And if that's great stuff, keep doing it. Do more of it. Do it more consistently. But where I think high performers come into play is they keep doing the same thing, but they also watch their game film and they improve it a little bit at a time, a little bit each day, a little bit. In the next, the next appointment I set, I'm going to set it a little bit better because I'm always learning from myself and striving to become the best version of myself. And unfortunately, not everyone has that characteristic or has had that breakthrough in their own personal journey to be able to do that by themselves. Right. Like I have coaches in my life because I don't always do that to help call me out, to help me continue to be better, whether it's in my health and fitness, whether it's in my business, whether it's in personal relationships. Like all of these are things I consistently talk to the coaches and mentors I have in my life about. And so how can we be that for the agents that are trusting us to lead them? And I think too many times we go down rabbit holes and we think we are doing the right thing to help our agents by going down these rabbit holes that maybe they guide us to for this one shiny object problem. But the actual root of the problem is back to the basics and the fundamentals that we're talking about. And a great leader will actually redirect them back from that shiny object and focus on the things that really matter. Where it really, where a lot of people I see struggle is sometimes that requires a tough conversation. 
Sometimes that requires self-reflection and that requires um, a, a form of love that a lot of people struggle with. And I call it tough love. Just because I tell you the truth and you don't like it doesn't mean it's that I don't love you and I don't care. As a matter of fact, I love you so much and care so much for you and want the best for you that I'm willing to tell you the truth, even though I know it's going to hurt your feelings. Because that's where change happens. And that's what true leaders do. Um, what was it? The great Nick Saban, who's retiring now, the, he oh, yeah. down as the best of all time. If you want, if you want everyone to like you, um, something to the effect of if you want everyone to like you, don't don't be a leader. Right. Like leadership is not like that's it's not a popularity contest, yep. but everyone will respect you. Everyone will remember how you impacted their life in a positive way. And sometimes leadership is lonely and sometimes it requires those tough conversations. But if you're willing to do that, the impact that you will have on their lives and the lives of other people around them will last forever. I think it's so important that we realize that. I had a coaching call the other day um, with a coaching client and she was um, frustrated with her agents or lack of activity, lack of production for agents. And um, I've been there. I get it. Uh, but I've, I also reflect and learn. And so um, I'm a quotes guy. So another quote that reminds me of is one of my, one of my mentors that I follow Ed Milet says, you are most qualified to help someone that you used to be. So I used to be the person that pointed the finger at the agents. I used to be like, how come they're not doing more? And so when this came up in a coaching conversation, I was able to help her through it at a much higher level because I went through it too. And so one of the conversations was, um, how do I, I just need them to make more calls. I need them to do more activity. And I said, awesome. So how, what have you done to help facilitate them to make more active? Well, I tell them every day, you need to make more calls. I'm like, awesome. That's cool. That's one way. Um, but I think one of the things that we we forget is that there's two different. There's a difference in leading through content and leading through context. So content is here's the training. Just do that. Context is here's the training. Here's why it is important. Here's the action steps that you need to take. And we're going to revisit back to this over and over and over again. So you have a context of the content so you can actually make a dent in whatever this action is. And that's where skill gets built. So I think that being said, there's two different models. There's a train and tell. I'm going to train you, Lauren, I'm going to give you this training. I'm going to tell you to do this thing. Or there's, I'm going to model it and demonstrate it right alongside you. Which of those two are going to have a huge bigger impact? The train and tell or the model and demonstrate? Model and demonstrate. And I think it's so, so crucial that we gather this as leaders. And if you're an agent listening to this, this still applies to you. Everyone is a leader to someone in their life. You don't have to be a leader to be a leader. You are leading people in your life. And this applies to every aspect of life. It can be health and fitness. It can be finance. It can be relationship. It can be business. Someone is looking up to you. Someone is relying on you. And so are you training and telling them what to do? Or are you a model? Are you modeling and demonstrating that behavior? One of my leadership principles that I have is I will never ask you to do something that I haven't done or I'm not going to do right alongside you. I just refuse to do it. Like when we roll out a new initiative, I'm the one that is I'm learning the hard way. I'm the one that's getting hung up on. I'm the one that I start that because I think that's what leaders should do. And then it's way easier to have a conversation with our agents that aren't having the activity because I'm doing it with them. And that's not in a judgmental way. It's in a, 
how, how can I get you to come join me tomorrow for these calls? Let's do this together. I understand it's hard. I understand that you struggle. I'm right here with you. How can I help you? Let's do it together. And if you have that mindset and you invite people to these things that you do, it has a massive impact on your business. And so I think it's so important that we realize we can either train and tell people or we can model and demonstrate. The choice is ours. If you really want to impact humans' lives, which is why you're a leader, you have to model and demonstrate. And you have to continually invite them and you can't be judgmental. Um, there's something that John Cheplak shared with me that I think is very, very vital on this, on the train and tell versus model and demonstrate, is you either you can either be offensive to your agents or you can be on offense. It's a small, subtle change. And so like going back to this example, the my coaching client that I was having a conversation with was being offensive to her agents because she was cracking the whip. How come you're not doing more? Do more, do more, do more. And it was content. There was no context. They didn't understand why they needed it to do more. They didn't feel that that support of they can do more together. They didn't understand. They just didn't have that level of understanding that they should. And what was cool about the seeing the journey on this call is that she had that aha moment. She had that breakthrough and she's like, well, shit, I'm the problem. I'm like, awesome. That's the best thing I've heard you say, because now you're also the solution. Yeah. We built a plan to make it better. Right. And so I think it's so important that we as as leaders, we don't play the victim card and we don't point the finger and blame. Right. Quit being offensive to your people. Quit training and telling and realize that if we model and demonstrate and bring them along for the journey, we're going to have way more success. Yeah, so much good stuff in that. Um, and I know that your audience is a mix of team leaders and um, high performing agents. Uh, one of the things I want to go back to was one thing that has been huge with our team. Um, we've had a couple core life-changing things happen to our team. And one of those happens to be, what are your three non-negotiables that you need to do every single day? Whether it's as an agent, an individual agent, whether it's as a team leader, and or, or whether it's you're uh, leading a, a team of agents and um, you're modeling and demonstrating. I'm trying to, so it like for our team, for example, we have what are the three non-negotiables for our agents? What are our three non-negotiables for our recruiter? What are the three non-negotiables for a sales manager? Um, it's a, a, a non-Lorenese way to say that. Yeah. Um, but one, uh, identifying those has been crucial. So whenever you have people coming up to you with problems and issues and um, agents are very squirmy and don't know how to stay on task. But when you identify those and have you gotten those three non-negotiables done in the morning, uh, for example, ours are our role play, prospecting, follow-up. Have you reached out to those people that you need to reach out to? Um, and have you gotten your five conversations in for the, for the day, four or five, depending on their goal? And it's huge because if you do, if you focus on that one thing, it will change everything in your business. Um, so I think it's crucial that as a leader, before you go into running to these fires, stop yourself and ask that agent, before I can help you further, did you get those three, th three things done today? then I'll be able to help you. If you're not helping yourself, I can't help you. My I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to add a nuance to that. So that is really, really good. I think I can make it even better. And so instead of asking it in a, it, what can be perceived as a judgmental way, um, if we just cushion that blow 
Lauren, thank you so much for coming to me with that question. I absolutely want to dive in and help you. But in what I have found, I understand how you feel this is a fire. But what I've found is that if we actually focus on and we find the root of the problem, we have way better results. So let's let's reverse engineer this. Here's the shiny object, the fire that you're bringing to me. Let's really let's unpack that to see what could have potentially caused that. And remember those three non-negotiables we talked about? Have you gotten those done? Oh, you haven't? Okay, not a problem. If you would have gotten those done, would this fire still happen? Oh, probably not. Okay, so let's go revisit and let's actually do those three things. Once those three things are done, if we still have that fire, come see me and I'll help you put it out. But what happens is when they go back and do the thing that they said they're going to do, they get productive action, they forget about the fire, the fire goes away, or it prevents it from happening again. But too many times we, we again, this is a, it's a leadership language, right? Like I, I was on a podcast recently and I said, it's, it's crazy. Like leadership is a whole new language. Like I feel like I've been living in a foreign country for years as a leader because I didn't understand the language. And I'm just now starting to understand it just a little bit, but it is a whole different language. It's a whole different dialogue. And I will tell you right now, if you're a leader in an organization or you're striving to be a leader, it is the biggest needle mover that you will ever have in your life. If you understand leadership language, leadership dialogues, and how you can actually lead people through the most powerful thing on the planet and it's self-discovery. Like if you yeah. learn the leadership language, it's a game changer, game over. Oh, absolutely. And helping uh, with that leadership language, you're able to help them become self-aware. You're able to help them self-discover. And one of my favorite things about what you just said is 99% of time that fire goes away on its own. Um, agents are dramatic. Um, there, there's no doubt about that. Including myself. Um, yeah, you're on top of that. You're at the top of that drama list, just so you know. Yes, but I refuse. I Everyone knows this about me. I will not handle a fire immediately because whenever you're resulting to it or giving it attention right then and there, you're, you're fueling the fire. Give some time for it to die out. Give an oxygen to the fire. And everyone knows if you built a fire, been at a bonfire before, the more oxygen you give to it, the bigger the flames get, right? Let yeah. it calm down. Let it, let it settle a little bit. Nothing's going to happen. Most emergencies aren't emergencies. Let it settle. Let's not overreact. We're here to support you. We got your back. You didn't do anything wrong. We're here to support you. Go do what you're supposed to do, and then we'll revisit. And by the time we revisit and they do productive action, it's a whole different problem we're talking about. Yeah, every time it's crazy. Yep. Uh, and that leadership language has been one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest drivers. I feel like in in my position as a leader, and it's the amount of. Um, just practice. So just like we say, hey, agents, you need to take action to um, get to improve your skill. You need to uh, attend role play. You need to actually make the phone call to get better. Same thing with leadership language. You can't yep. run away from the problems that you see. You have to run towards the problems, have the conversation and learn better ways to have those conversations to lead to self-discovery. 100%. And there's a couple things there. So like, as as agents, um, we will preach to our agents, you need to practice, you need role play. Here's a gap that I see. And leaders, I'm going to call you out because I care. When's the last time you role played your leadership dialogues? How much time, energy and effort do you spend training your agents? Think about all the time, all the energy. Now, how much time, energy and effort do you spend either training yourself or other leaders in your organization? What is your leadership growth path? 
because that is the needle mover. You have to develop other people. Real leaders create other leaders. And it took me a while to invest in this. And it's a slow process. And I'm an impatient person. And it, I want to pull my hair out a lot. Um, but the impact that it's had on people like Lauren watching her develop and understand the leadership language and the impact it's been able to have on people on our team, because now we have more leaders to go to and we have people leading people the right way. It's just it's amazing to see the ripple effect that it has if you slow down and you actually create other leaders. I mean, as an example, we meet once a week with a leadership call. We have a reflection call after leadership call. We have a once a month uh, leadership professional development that's an hour long. Um, we have a, another meeting once a week where we talk about leadership. Like it's it's a consistent in our organization. There's there's at least three meetings a week where we talk about leadership stuff, right? Like that's it's important to us to grow as leaders because if we grow as leaders, we can lead other people better and we can grow other people. And it's it's so I would just a reflection for everyone listening. If if this if this relates to you, what is your leadership growth strategy? What is your um, what are your language patterns that you're developing other leaders? What is the experiential learning that you're going through and sharing with other people? Uh, one of the things that um, John Cheplak has taught me is never waste a leadership learning opportunity. And so there will be times where I have a conversation as a leadership problem or situation, and I'll call Lauren and say, hey, I just want you to listen. And I'll put it on speaker on my phone. Or after the fact, I'm like, damn it, I should have called Lauren. So I'll call her and say, hey, I just want to let you know what happened, how I handled it, why I handled it that way, so she can learn from that. And I think it's so important that we just are proactive with those things so that we can replace ourselves and we can create other leaders in our organization. Yeah, so good. And um, for the people uh, that are listening to this podcast, um, you may be thinking, I'm an individual agent. How does this apply? It still has everything to do with you as an individual agent. These this leadership language works just as amazing with buyers and sellers. Such a um, great point. Creating that self-discovery and the self-awareness. You are there as you are there to lead them. You are still a leader helping a buyer or helping a seller. Your job is to lead them to the closing table. And um, whenever you're dealing with sellers and buyers, there's a lot of emotion. It's the same thing. You have to you have to present things a certain way. You have to ask certain questions in order to keep emotions down and continue moving the needle and moving them closer to the closing table. That's why um, one of the things that I've said multiple times on this podcast is that uh, great salespeople know it's not about what they say. It's about what they ask. Great salespeople understand the power in a good question. And I think it's so important that we realize that, again, um, everyone is a leader to someone in their life. And Lauren, that's such a great point. If, this, if, if you're an agent or you you know an agent, this applies to you, right? Because you're leading other people or here's a new dialogue that I adopted about a year ago. As I used to say, we don't sell people in our organization, we help them. I've since changed it to enhance it even further. Yes, we still help people, but the best way that we can help them is people don't need to be sold in this marketplace. They don't even need help in this marketplace. They need to be led. And so be the leader that the buyers and sellers need. And this framework applies to everyone that you encounter. If you can lead them through the process and help them develop a plan and keep them like, as an example, we talked about an agent having a shiny object syndrome. When's the last time a buyer or seller had a shiny object syndrome that was irrelevant? Like almost just every transaction, right? Like, and it's not, not in, I'm not saying that out of judgment, it's just reality and a good agent will remove the emotion from that shiny object and bring them back to 
what is important? Why was this house important to you? What is the bottom line if it's a seller? Does it really matter that the buyer said this one thing that we're getting emotional about? Or let's go back to the bottom line, right? And, and it's so important that we just bring people back into what is actually important and relevant. And that is a leadership skill that everyone can benefit from. 1000%. And uh, another thing that it made me think of is, you know, we talked about, are you being offensive or are you being, are you playing offense? If you're an individual agent, the same thing applies to you. Are you being proactive with your buyers? Are you being proactive with your sellers? Are you playing offense with your, with your clients or are you being offensive and waiting till there's issues with the inspection or, and the appraisal or are you setting up proper expectations and are you playing uh, playing offense, setting them up for success every step of the way. And that all ties back into leadership language. How are you leading them? How are you showing up for them? How are you showing up for your clients? How are you showing up for your team? How are you showing up for yourself? It all it all intertwines with each other. I love it. I love how we're talking about leadership and we have literally talked about zero about sales meetings. Um, but this, 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 this oh, is has everything to do with it. So, yeah. So my point is I want to tie it back. I want to tie all of this leadership dialogue. And if you guys like this leadership language, we can do a whole we can do a whole series on this. Just let us know um, in the comments or send me a message and I'm happy to go deeper on this stuff. But I want to go back to the topic we started with, and that's sales meetings. So certainly all this stuff with leadership that we we have talked about will help you lead a better sales meeting. But I think it's so important that we realize that sales meetings aren't a, a quit trying to come up with something new. Like I have it in my notes here, three different times with three exclamation marks, revisit, revisit, revisit. Like that is the key to a good sales meeting. Are we revisiting something that we talked about before? And then are we championing somebody that actually have put it to action and had a result? I'm going to say that again. Did we revisit something we trained on? And then are we championing someone, meaning we're bringing someone forward that took action on the training to develop the skill and have productive results from it and letting them share their story with the rest of the team so that they can all learn from this other person instead of you being a talking head in the front of the room. Lauren, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it, it's so, so crucial. I will say that... Um, it's these changes aren't going to happen overnight. It's something that we have to train people how to act in our organization. Um, and so with with the stacking, um, so if you're let's say you have a sales meeting planned. One way to play on offense is to call and know your people. So, for example, we had a Brian Danny training. Um, he's one of our phenomenal coaches, and he talked about um, how to help buyers and sellers. And do you know the five must-haves that a buyer must have and that a seller must have? And so with my coaching that I had with agents this week, one, one question I asked every single person is, do you know the five must-haves for every buyer and every seller that you're working? So I'm inspecting what we expect based on the training that we had last week. And so those from those stories, I know who is taking action on what we're being told works by one of the best industry and the agents. So today when we have our sales meeting, 
I can go ahead and say, hey, I'd love for you to share how this has you dominating in your business or how this is how this is winning for you in your business. And so I hope that was a good example, but that's the most recent thing that I can think of is well, you have to get people involved in. Well, and, I think like, and we all fall, we all fall in this trap, right? Like I'm, I am a chief center of this. I am a lifelong learner and I want to learn more and more and more and more. I go to all these conferences. I listen to, I don't remember the last time I listened to music. I'm always listening to a podcast or an audio book. And I'm just, I'm always just gathering information, which is awesome. However, if I were to coach myself and let me just be transparent and vulnerable for a minute is that I need to stop listening to so much and I need to start reflecting and taking action on what I learned. And if we were honest with ourselves of think of the last conference that you went to, think of the last webinar you attended, think of the last podcast that you listened to, that there were some ahas and breakthroughs. You're like, oh, I need to do more of that. When's the last time you actually slowed down, applied what you learned, stepped back and reflected on how you applied it, what went well, what could have went better, what would I do differently next time, and then do it again. And then reflect again. Have that same conversation with yourself and then improve it again. And if we just slowed down and we actually applied more of what we learned, the big things that were really important that would move the needle for our organization, the traction that we would gain, the momentum that we would build, there would be nothing that would stop us. But instead, people like me and others that are listening, I'm sure, just want to keep ingesting more information. But um, I say this all the time is I was in uh, in my high school, um, my elementary school and high school, that it written all over, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. The reality is knowledge is powerless until you apply that knowledge with action. So action is where the power is. You have to take action on that knowledge to develop the skill. Again, to tie that full circle. And so how well are we at leading ourselves and other people at actually taking action steps on this training, on these things that we're learning. Like Lauren's example, the five must-haves is perfect, right? Like now people are actually going to get traction in their business because of this new thing that was an aha, a breakthrough for some of our agents. We're inspecting that to ensure that they're actually applying that so that they get the result that they desire. I, I want to go another layer deeper because I think that this is something that was a light bulb and a, a breakthrough moment was um, with this example um, across the country, we're seeing low inventory. And the majority of conversations I had were that agents were not happy in their business. They have all these buyers and sellers and they're not moving the needle forward. Um, they can't find houses for these people. Um, they're not happy with the amount of properties they have under contract. They want it to be more. Um, so we did some self-discovery, you know, hey, what, if you could change one thing in your business activity wise, what would it be? Is, was your activity where you wanted it to be? And is it showing up in the amount of pendings that you have under contract? So that was the first thing is that they're continuing to realize that they need to take more action in order to get more results. They all identified that. Uh, they recommitted to the action that they were going to take over the next 30 days um, to put their business in a position um, that is in alignment with their goals. The second thing with the five must-haves, 
Um, multiple people were saying, you know, there's lack of inventory. Um, and if I do find the house, the buyer is just saying, you know, hey, it's not the house for me. Um, and so, you know, Brian Danny's already, he's teed it up for us on how to play on offense with these five must-haves. And so with the training um, and with the agents, I said, okay, do you know the five, do you have the five must-haves that each of your clients need? Um, another step of the process was um, just out of curiosity, did you also follow the step of emailing the client and repeating what their five must-haves? And one of your follow-up calls being, when we find the property that has the five must-haves, what would get in the way of you writing an offer on this property? Or what would get in the way of you putting the home on the market once this, this, and this happens? And what they've identified is, yes, some of them were doing parts of the steps, but they weren't following through. So they were still playing on, on defense. They're not being proactive with it. And all of those things work together to move the needle forward in their business. Um, something else I want to point out is that when you go to meetings, don't just go to check the box. Don't just go to say that you did it. Um, this was a breakthrough I had with Matt. Um, it was probably two or three years ago where we were at a training conference and he brought to my attention that I'm away from my family and I'm not present where my feet are. I'm not learning um, the things that I need to learn in order to make a difference in my business. The same thing applies with role play with prospecting, with follow-up, with going to your coaching calls? Are you showing up and are you truly present to learn what you need to do to take action? Or are you just hearing it to check the box and then you're going off on your day? And so I think it's crucial that whether you're an agent, whether you're a team leader, you have to model and demonstrate what you're there to do. You have to be fully present and take that, take those things into action and go change your life, go change your business. It's not going to do it, do it on its own. And uh, it's just crucial that all of those things come together. Um, and I'm very fortunate that we get to learn from the battle scars of, of other people. So Lauren, I want to, I wanted to go a little deeper on that. So how many events have you been at with me? I have no idea. Uh, right? I, I'd say 24. Okay. Um, at any of those events, have you ever seen me disengaged and not taking notes? Uh, I will say there has been one time where I, I did the same thing to you that you did to me. But, okay. So. But other than that, no. Okay. You're usually a lifelong learner. So I'm, I'm not perfect, right? But the majority of time, overwhelming majority of time, I will stack this up against anyone. I will compare notes from every event that I've been at to anyone else that's there. And I guarantee you 99% of the room, I've been more intentional taking more notes than anyone else. And I say this humbly, I probably have more of the knowledge than they have because I've been in these rooms and I've forced myself in like one of the rooms that I'm thinking of, it was the same exact framework. And I went to four times in one year, the exact same conference. It's the exact same framework, the exact same scripts, the exact same workbook. Everything was the same. I guarantee you no one took more notes than, than I did. And it was the fourth time I've heard it that year. I do that because I'm taking time away from my family. I'm taking time to actually develop skills of other people that I care about. And if I'm not modeling and demonstrating what I expect, then how do I expect, like, 
how many, I'll just be transparent. There's so many of these conferences I see leaders bring their agents to, if it's an agent-led conference, like it's for agents that just sit in the back of the room and they sit at the table and they're yeah. not with their team. They're yeah. not taking notes. They're not involved. And there's a reason that our business continues to grow despite what the market does. And it's because of these little things that I'm very intentional with. I'll just tell you the biggest breakthrough that I had so many people in this 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 um, Monday night call that led to us talking about the sales meeting stuff. One of the things that I shared was that I'm calling, Lauren is calling with our agents on a daily basis. We are prospecting the database with the agents. And it just so happens we've been doing it for two weeks. We've had the most under contract two weeks in a row that we've ever had in the month of January. Just a coincidence yeah. because we are modeling and demonstrating. And we are inviting and enrolling them to join us. And so I think, again, let's go back to, are you training and telling? Or are you modeling and demonstrating? I think there's a massive difference. Um, I also want to talk about, and Lauren, this is for you as much as it is for everyone else, is the lack of inventory conversation with the agents. I think that was great what you were talking about. Um, I just think that there's a way, and I've, I've struggled with this for years because this is something that just comes natural to me. Um, like I'm, I'm in the trenches, right? I've sold a lot of real estate myself. I understand how these conversations go. And I never, ever, ever had a consistent problem that had buyers I couldn't find a house for. You can give me whatever excuse that you want. No inventory, no this, no that. I don't run into that issue. Do you know why? Because I go deep in the relationship with the human beings. And we build a plan. And I set proper expectations. And I'm not afraid of having the tough conversation because I actually care. And I want what's best for them. What is what is harder to do for a buyer right now in today's marketplace? To just kind of lackadaisical go through the process and hope that the right property comes on the market and they continually miss out and don't get the home that they want. Or up front, we have an honest conversation. And I'm like, hey, Lauren, here's the reality of the marketplace. There's low inventory. There's this, there's this, there's this. Tell me your top five must-haves that you need in a property. Okay, that, that, awesome. So, Lauren, when we find that, is there anything that would get in the way of you making an offer on that property? No. No, no there's not. Okay, great. Let me get to work. I'm going to go find it. And then when I go find it, I remind Lauren of that conversation. Hey, Lauren, good news. Found the property. I got it scheduled for 530 tonight. Looking forward to meet, meet me at the office. We'll ride out together. And Lauren's going to ask me all these questions about, hey, where is it? What is the? And I'm going to say, Lauren, trust me. This checks all the boxes. It's within your price range. Trust me. Meet me at the office. Let's go take a look. And I get them in the door. They fall in love. They buy the home. Which of those two helps that buyer more? They found their dream home because I was willing to do the uncomfortable thing and I led them through the process. Or, well, they said that that house isn't perfect for them. They didn't like the green front door, so we're not going to go look at it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in our control. It is in our control as agents. And I think I'm fuck it. It's my show. The agents <laughs> that don't adopt that mindset, the agents that don't adopt that mindset are going to be another fucking statistic that get out of the business because they won't get out of their own way and do what is right for them, for their families and for their clients. And I think it's time that we have a fucking wake up call 
and we do better for our clients because they deserve it. If you are right now listening to this and you have more than two buyers that are waiting on the perfect property to come on the marketplace, go back and re-listen to this. Go back and revisit and do those processes step by step that I just laid out for you and that will no longer be a problem in your business. Your buyers, your clients, your family deserves it. Be better. Absolutely. So good. And something I want to hit on is you said go deep with your clients. And I didn't expect that. Sorry for that rant, but that was. A, no, I mean, I think that everyone that's listening is like, yes, we needed this math. <laughs> um, but something that I, I know is crucial is to go deep with your clients. Why are those five must haves truly important to them? Yep. Because what you will find is that some of those maybe they're they're fine without it. Like they think that they want that, but really having a roof over their head is more important. Sometimes they want a fence, but they don't realize that they can negotiate that. So go deep with your clients. Why do they want what they want? And what I have found in uh, something that um, I think is a reason for my success is I'm the same way. One, I will get extremely creative. Two, I, I had a client that. Um, they're wanting a brand new house. They got champagne taste on a beer budget, but they don't want to pay the new build price. Um, and so I found them a house that's in the process of getting remodeled and they just weren't a fan. They they couldn't visualize it. It, it just wasn't going to work for them. They wanted a fence. It doesn't have a fence. And so I took them to a similar property that was eventually going to be in the same state. And after seeing that, it's like, yes, this is exactly what we want. We want to move forward with that house. And um, another thing Brian Danny taught us is, again, take the training and put it into your business. So another issue is no inventory. What's your relationship with other agents in your market? What do they have coming up? Have you reached out to them personally? Hey, I've loved, I loved getting to work with you in the past. I've hoped to get to work together again with you. I have a client looking for this, this, and this. What do you have? I did that to three clients this week. We weren't able to find anything, but they know that we're connectors. I'm well, helping yeah. them. They're helping me. I love it. But in addition to that, like, yeah, sure, that that helps. But if you, if you know exactly what your clients are pre-approved, they've went through the buyer's consultation, you're representing them, which... It's a whole nother, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole in this podcast, but if you're not having a buyer's consultation with your buyers with what's going on in today's real estate world and you're not getting a representation agreement, what in the hell are you doing? Right? Like wake up, but the client deserves it too. You can actually help the client at a higher level if you do that. But um, anyway, you do all of those things, which should be already a part of your process, but then you go super deep with them and you have the honest conversation and you ask them, if we find these things, what will get in your way of you buying it? And you go deeper on that. You keep asking, what else? Tell me more. All right, if I solve that, what's next? And you get to them to say, once you find this, I'm ready to make a decision. Now, go fucking find it. Go find it. How much easier is it to prospect for sellers now? How much easier is it to go door knock? How much easier is it to have a conversation with all these leads in your database? Because you're not a hypocrite. You're not guessing. You're not like, well, I think I kind of sort of have a buyer. What'd you find a FISBO? How many people have this stupid bullshit FISBO script? Well, I have this buyer. Can I come and take a look when they don't have a fucking buyer? What if you actually had a buyer? 
What if you actually had that confidence? And what if you actually could tell them, here's exactly what they're looking for. Here's these top five must-haves. They've actually been pre-approved. I've been representing them and they're find, trying to find that perfect property. And I think yours could be it. Can I, can I bring them out tomorrow at 2 p.m. to take a look? How much different would your business run if you ran it proactively? I just, this, the, what is crazy is people will listen to me say these things. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And then go out and do fucking nothing. Because it's uncomfortable. I don't know how. You just got to do it. Get out of your own way. Your client deserves it. We are in this business to help people the biggest purchase or sale of their life. It requires you to do things you're uncomfortable with. Get over yourself. They deserve it. Go be better. Truth. Dropping the truth bombs, Matt. All right. Um, we went all over the place here, Lauren. I got so many more notes for sales meetings. We'll have to revisit that another time. We're out of time. Um, same thing think, happened on the call the other night. How funny. Uh, do what? The same thing happened on the call the other yeah, night. Funny. Right. Uh, anything else that uh, you wanted to leave the people with, Lauren? No, I, to me, you know, we're talking about uh, team leaders. We're talking about agents leading in their business. We're talking about sales meeting. Um, Matt, I'm, I'm curious of your answer, but all of those things twine together. If, if everyone listened to this podcast were to focus on one thing that would have a major impact on those areas, what would it be? So I think first, that's a good question. Um, there's a lot of areas, like ways I could go with that. I think what it's important to realize is number one, it's all in our control. Right. And so all of those things, there's too many people in this world that are waiting, they're blaming, they're sitting and pointing the finger and they're blaming. And I think if we just accept responsibility where we have low inventory in the marketplace, so we like, let's go back to the buyers not finding a property. Well, it's just low inventory. It is what it is. Bullshit. Bullshit. Go fucking be a matchmaker. Go think outside the box. Get to know your client, your buyers better and go find them a house. That's why they hired you. Go do your job. Right. And so I think just like understanding that we have quit giving our power away. We have we have the power within us. First and foremost, second is let's bring things into the basics and the fundamentals and let's quit chasing shiny objects and let's bring people back to these are the proven things that win consistently. Have you done what you know you need to do to win today? Have you defined what those things are and did you do them or did you not? What is your daily standard of activity that you set for yourself? Did you do it or did you not? Yes or no? And if you didn't, what got in the way? And can you do it tomorrow? Because if you consistently say no to those things of that standard that you set for yourself, that's not a standard. That was an idea. Yeah. We have to keep the commitments we make to ourselves. And I think that if, um, I don't know if this is the direction you're wanting to go, but um, I just think it's so important that we realize that there are people that are winning and there are people that are winning big. Yeah huge but they're not playing the victim part they're accepting what it is and they're taking their power back because as soon as you realize that i'm the problem you also realize that you're a solution and you can accomplish anything no matter what the marketplace does somebody's going to win and somebody's going to win big who's it going to be it's up to us i always love to say opportunity doesn't go away it goes to someone else and we've seen that over and over and over again and yeah that hits on it is i want people on this call to reflect on 
what do they need to do today? What, what's something so simple that they can focus on today that will change everything? I think, yeah, like that's such a great way to close it out. What is your daily standard of activity that you need to do today to win the day? Just one thing and do it. And then wake up, do it again tomorrow. Wake up, do it again the next day. Now, can you compound and grow upon that over time? Sure. But your 48-page to-do list is keeping you in overwhelm. These rabbits that you're going down these rabbit holes with are not productive. They're not helping you. They're not serving you. They're not serving your clients. They're not serving your family. Break it down into the basics and the fundamentals of things that we need to do today. Am I doing my, am I practicing? Am I doing my role play? Am I doing at least an hour of prospecting to new clients, new leads that are generated, people I have not spoken to? Am I doing at least one hour a day of follow-up? And follow-up is someone I had a valid conversation with that's interested in buying or selling real estate. And how can I move the needle forward with each of those? And after you do those, then you can go chase something shiny if you want. But do those first. Those are non-negotiables. They have to be done. And if you do that, and you do that consistently, I literally just posted a short that I did um, a while back. And if you guys are listening and want a copy of it, let me know. I, I created a 15-hour work week framework. And I don't... Here's what I know. If you follow the 15-hour work week, you will accomplish whatever you want to accomplish in this business. You give me 15 hours per week. All these real estate agents talk about all these hours that they work. We work. We're always working. But what are you doing while you're at work? You're not fucking working. You're pretending. Give me 15 hours of intentional, focused work, and I'll send you the framework. And I promise you, you will. I, here, if you don't believe me, prove me wrong. But I want you to prove me wrong by taking action. You follow those 15-hour week framework for 90 days, every single day. You give me 15 hours a week, and you follow that framework. You do it with intent. You do it consistently. You follow all the stuff that I teach, and you do that for 90 days. Your business will be unrecognizable. If you don't believe me, prove me wrong. But prove me wrong by taking the action. Nobody will, because if you take the action, you will get the results. But we're just afraid of putting in the work that is required. So good. I just have uh, two things to add. Um, one, and maybe this is something that we have another episode on, but um, if you are a team leader and if you have standards for your team, enforce them. Yes. Don't lower them. And we need them to be enforced in today's market more now than ever. And the second thing, so in addition to uh, being the sales manager, I'm also still in production and uh, we've really been leaning into what, what are our three things? And so mine is um, an hour of recruiting, an hour of prospecting with the team and two hours of working on my personal business. Uh, and I was just talking with Matt Friday that um, I felt more traction in my business last week than I have in quite some time. And so I, I really get that 15 hour work week um, goes for my business. In the past seven days, I have set uh, six appointments. Um, I've set, um, I believe two appointments for other agents and I've sent three people to lenders. And that's working just 15 hours. I was looking at my numbers when I couldn't sleep last night and was mind boggled at what just narrowing my focus has resulted in in just one week's time of wow. modeling behavior of team prospecting and 
just doing what I need to do, my non-negotiables. Well, like it's, I'm a quotes person. Everyone makes fun of me for it. Like I said this on the call on Monday and my good buddy Sneet started laughing because he gives me shit about it. Um, but I, I just, I think that they're memorable and I think they make an impact. And a quote that I developed is when you narrow your focus, you expand your potential. And what Lauren just showed you is that she's focusing on less things. Just so you know, Lauren is a mom of two kids. Lauren is a sales manager. Lauren is our recruiter. And Lauren is a top producing agent and leader of one of our branch offices. She's the president of BNI. She's very involved with her church. And there's so many other things I'm sure I'm leaving out. But if she can be that productive by narrowing her focus and saying, I'm only going to stay in this lane and control these things that are most important to me, look at the traction that she gained in such a short time. Why can't you do it? What's your excuse? It's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Right. Awesome. Lauren, thank you so much for your time. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Remember, this podcast is a movement to give back to this industry. I hope you got value from this episode. If we can ever be a resource, reach out. We're here to help. Um, and all I ask is one favor. If you did get value, share this with a friend. Let's grow this movement. I think so many people need to hear this real information, this real data. We're boots on the ground. We're in the trenches doing this alongside you. And people need to hear this message. So, so help us out. Share this with a friend. Help them out. And let's make this a huge impact and a huge movement that changes the industry for the better that we need. Appreciate you guys. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Lauren. Adios. Thank you. Thank you.